0: Hey there, I'm Grace
1: and I'm Amelia
0: and welcome to the Women Invest in Real Estate podcast where we talk about getting started in real estate, scaling, and we give you the inside scoop about our day-to-days as full-time investors. Are you looking to achieve financial independence through real estate? Join us for our upcoming virtual summit set to scale on May 17th and 18th. We've curated an exceptional lineup of 10 speakers who will share their insights and power strategies on creative financing, midterm rentals, burr, legalities, syndications, and much more. And you'll have access to all the recordings to watch at your convenience. Don't wait. Secure your spot now at womeninvestinrealestate.com slash summit before tickets sell out.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to The Wire podcast. This week we have a very popular question that we're going to talk about. It's, do you need an LLC to invest in real estate? And Grace and I both get this question often and we see it posted in groups online. So we're going to give you what we think are the pros and cons. Obviously talk to your attorney and get their advice on it, but we'll kind of lay it out for you and then you can go from there.
0: And we are not attorneys.
1: Uh, no, we're definitely clearly, yeah, we we <laughs> we're definitely not attorneys. So just listen to this episode, and maybe it'll get your gears turning. But before mm-hmm. we start this weekend, I looked at a seller financed duplex that's for a sale that I found on Facebook Marketplace. Oh. Yes, I haven't told Grace about it yet, so I want to get her live reaction and advice on how I should structure this offer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to You have a question already? Go ahead. Well, yeah. I'm like, oh, so is it an investor who immediately listed it as seller financed, I'm guessing? Yes. Because yeah. you don't usually see
1: that. No, you don't. And so I'll give you the background. So it is an inherited duplex by this couple, but the couple actually owned rental properties themselves. So they've been selling them off over the past year on contract. Seller financing be, and that's how they want to sell them because they see the benefits in not taking all the tax liability mm-hmm. right up front. Plus they like the monthly income that they get from it. So they're really only interested in selling it on contract, selling it seller financing. However, the purchase price to me is too high and it doesn't cash flow. So here's the terms that they're looking for. They're looking for a purchase price of 175,000, 6% interest. Amortized over twenty years. The down payment is only twenty five hundred dollars, and they'll pay all closing
0: costs. Pretty decent terms, right? Good down payment. I have no idea though if one seventy five is reasonable for duplex. Right, probably. Well, what condition is it in?
1: It's in good condition. I looked at it this weekend. Yeah. It's not in Des Moines, but I'm not going to say the town. It's in a. Oh, it's okay. not. It's not Sheridan either, but it's in a small okay. town like Sheraton. I think 175 is overpriced, and the rent roll for the property is right now at like 1450, but should be at 1600 because both tenants are paying a little bit under. However, it's completely separately metered, including water, electricity, gas. So the landlord has no utility payments. One of the tenants has been there for 15 years and does the snow and lawn removal like for free because he just is retired and likes to do that. But it doesn't cash flow at 175.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It doesn't hit the 1% rule. It's not even that close. What is it a side-by-side? It's a side-by-side. Yes. So what, how bad does it not cash flow? It's at a 20
1: year amortization. It's negative $16 a month. So
0: I would say like, first things first, see if you can get it to 30 and just tell them like, hey, in 30 years, I'm going to be in my 60s. I'll probably have this paid off way before that. But can we just do that? Because it helps my cash flow and they're investors. So you can talk to them like that. Yeah. You can say cash flow and amortization. Whereas, you know, if we're talking to a homeowner, we're not going to use those words. That's what I would start with because that will help huge. Right. And when when i was talking with them they said you know it doesn't ca-
1: they know it doesn't cash flow at the price they're asking but they're mm-hmm. like but in the long term it's a good investment if you're looking and i'm struggling because you know my strategy is cash flow, cash flow. i'm i'm not really it's in a smaller town so the appreciation isn't like huge but mm-hmm. some of the benefits are they're requiring almost no money down i mean $2500 that's really nothing true so I, I need to get them down to like 150 in purchase price, to be honest, but I could, br- I could bring more money to the table that way. Mm-hmm. I could give them a bigger down payment. There's also an early prepayment penalty because they're investors. They want their interest, right? They want yep. that. So basically, the prepayment penalty would just be to pay out whatever the payments and interest were going to be through the full terms of the loan.
0: So, okay, Dan, that's actually a hefty prepayment penalty. So it's basically I know. you have to pay all your interest no matter what. Yes. Okay. To me, it kind of seems like they're trying to get the best of all worlds. And and maybe that's just their starting part and they are flexible. Right. But have- that's a lot because if you did the math, what? how much interest are you going to pay over 20 years? It's probably tens of thousands, I don't know, $20,000, thirty. Yeah, I haven't even done
1: that payment. I haven't even done that yet, but I was thinking the same thing. And I know you always say, well, it's their terms, my price or my price, their terms. But I'm like, they're asking for everything in the kitchen sink, you know? So I'm like, how do I, what verbiage do I use to approach them with a lower offer or a different offer?
0: Yeah. I would just say, here's the thing. You're getting all these other terms. I can do those terms, but I have to have a better price because on my end, I'm also an investor. It has to work for both of us. And then if they are going to stick with that price, first, you need to find out which of the four is the most important. Is it the price? Is it the interest? Is it the amortization? Because there is going to be one that is the most important and then work on the least important. So if they're like, maybe it is their price that they're flexible on. Maybe this is a great deal at 150 not okay. 175 so I would just really figure out what is it that they're really stuck on. Okay. And if they're really stuck on all four, then you might just need to follow up in 30, 60 days because right. it's it's a tough sell. Yeah, it really is. And I, I like it because, like
1: I said, the low down payment. Yeah. And for appreciation, I mean... It's not a highly appreciating market, but over the course of 20, 30 years, I know it will go up, but also how many repairs am I going to have to make during that time? You know, roofs go bad, Mm -hmm. siding goes bad, like it's got new windows. So that's good. It's in good shape. So yeah, I just need to, I need to call them and have just a conversation asking them about the terms and,
0: and what they, what they're flexible on. What's most important to them and
1: then what, what can they be
0: flexible on? So we'll see. Yeah, because here's one thing I heard somebody say the other day that I was like, that's incredibly wrong. And this person is like a huge, they do a ton of seller finance deals. It's it's like also their niche. And he said that they overpaid for the property and paid interest on it. And he was like, but it's okay because it was seller finance. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. You pay less and then pay interest on it, knowing that the total dollar amount you end up paying is more. Or You pay more for the property and get no interest. Yeah. And then that's what I had done on a few deals. I get the 0% interest principal only, but I'll pay a little bit more for it because in the long run, my payments are going to be so low because there's no interest. You don't give both to the seller. I was just like, that's, I think he said like they paid like 10 or 15,000 more than it was worth and 6% interest. I was like, you got screwed. Mm, you'll have to tell me after this episode who that was
1: because now I'm really curious. But yeah, that's the thing is just because it's a seller finance deal doesn't yes.
0: mean it's a good deal. Exactly. that. That's what I was trying to say. I forgot to wrap that up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. No, you're welcome, but okay, well, cool. Well, we can, I got their numbers so I can reach out to them, but I'm kind of excited about it and we'll see where it goes. I think that they were surprised that an investor was looking at it. Not surprised, but I think most of the homes that they've sold off in their portfolio have been to their renters or have, yes, so Yeah. I, I just mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be a different offer than they're used to. And they're not going to be able to, like, pull one over on me because I know my number. Right. You
0: know, Right. So right. it's
1: not as easy of a sell as just
0: selling to their tenant. So exactly. We'll and see. I didn't an, I did a deal of the house I'm sitting in right now. That same exact way. She always sold to her tenants. And so with me, I really had to negotiate with her because. She's used to getting 8%, 10% interest. And I was like, hell no, I'm not paying 8%. And we settled at like five.
1: Right. It's like, I'll go to a bank and get 5.5% if that's the case. Yeah. Anywho. Okay.
0: So back to our main topic,
1: (laughs) LLCs.
0: Yes. So this question actually came, we just saw it in our Women Invest in Real Estate Facebook group. If you're not in it, it's free. Join it. And somebody posted Do I need an LLC to get started in real estate? And I hear this question all the time. This is a really important question to answer. And one thing I just want to start with, and we're going to get a lot more detailed, but if this is like consuming you and causing you to not get started, just stop and just leave this question for when you're a little bit further, because a lot of people use this question to never do anything. Yeah, would you agree, Amelia?
1: A hundred percent. It's a scapegoat for never yes. getting started. Like,
0: yeah, it's the same thing when I hear people say, "Well, I've got my LLC started." I'm like, "Great, that I'm a business mean owner." Yeah, you're not a yeah. People or I'll hear people who aren't in business be like, "Well, he's got an LLC," so I'm like, "That's really it." Takes twelve minutes to make online in Iowa, and I do it for fifty dollars. Granted.
1: You Here, No, I was going to say, here's another thing I see is people that are so worried about what they name their LLCs. Yeah. I named my LLCs. Some of them are just the address of the property. My, yes.
0: <laughs> I have an LLC that has eight units. It's literally the address. Yeah. A lo- and a lot of businesses out there,
1: like let's, I'm just using a business that popped in my mind, Dairy Queen. I guarantee that their entity name is probably not Dairy Queen LLC. Or something right. it's probably like i don't know smith brothers and sons and yeah, um, yeah. it's <laughs> like it doesn't matter what you name your llc really in my opinion so if that's holding you up like move on
0: yeah and if and if it's something fun that you enjoy thinking about and you want to have fun with it have fun with it but don't let it keep you from taking the next step that's all we're trying to say and of course there are really important things to understand when it comes to making an llc and we're going to get into the pros and cons but at the end of the day if you hear one thing from this episode it's that if it's stopping you from starting you're not going focusing on the, right on the right yeah you're, yeah, not, you're not, focusing not focusing on the, on right, on the right things step. yeah exactly. okay so start us off what are the pros amelia okay so the first wait first oh when you first bought oh oh when (laughs) you first bought your property did you have an LLC
1: nope I didn't I bought it in my personal name and I've put a few properties under contract in my personal name and then transferred it into an LLC prior to closing which is something we'll talk about it wasn't even it was something that was on my radar like I knew that I should probably have an LLC but I found a good deal and I was ready to put it under contract and I hadn't created an LLC yet. It takes like five minutes to create an LLC. So I
0: was like, I'll just put it under contract and then we'll go from there. Mm -hmm. My first deal went under my personal name and Brant's personal name. And then once we refinanced, we quit claimed it to the LLC. And then from then on forward, we bought everything in our LLC because we had it. Yep, exactly.
1: Okay. So first pro, in my opinion, again, consult your attorney. If you structure it properly and you meet all the requirements, like the monthly meet or it's not monthly meetings, but you have to have certain meetings every year, is there is a liability protection element to it that separates you personally from the business. So if you own properties and something goes bad there, they can't necessarily come after you individually. They can just go after that business.
0: Yeah. And that's the main goal essentially with LLCs we're going to get into other benefits but essentially you're probably asking this question in terms of an asset protection of is it wrong is it right and basically Amelia you hit it the nail on the head you're just trying to separate it's like that's what owning a business a true business is separate from you it's Mm -hmm. not you and so you're giving ownership to this LLC obviously you're an owner of that LLC but it is under a different name. And that's really where you're trying to add what we call asset protection. Yes. And that's where you need to talk to your attorney. For sure. The second,
1: and this kind of goes along with it, is in my opinion, anonymity. It's anonymous, basically. You can make it anonymous. So you can name your LLC something that doesn't have anything to do with your name. And then you can have an attorney be your registered agent. So on the Secretary of State website, they show up as being not an owner, but they're the registered agent like and the people, point of contact. Almost, yeah, they would have a really hard time finding out who actually owns that LLC.
0: Yeah, I, I personally don't care about anonymity, being anonymous, but a lot of people do. I don't really care. Obviously, I don't want a plaster on the front lawn that I, I personally own the property, but I actually use the name of my LLC that owns a lot of my real estate for marketing, which side note, if I could do it differently, I would have not done that. I would have had it I would have had an LLC with a different name that held the real estate and then an overarching management LLC that I like used to advertise and all of that good stuff. But yeah, it's definitely, again, to separate, be anonymous, um, what else? Well, the reason why I
1: like anonymity is because I've had some crazy tenants and it makes me feel safer that they don't have my personal address. Like they don't know a lot about me, especially like, I don't know, like as you grow your portfolio and you start to become less and less involved with the day-to-day management, it really puts a barrier there between the Mm -hmm. business and you as a person. So that's why I like having that.
0: I do love that aspect. And I just changed. I remember when I first got started, They put my personal address as the mailing address for the assessor site. So if if a tenant looked up the address, they could see my personal address. It would still say my LLC. But I made sure I went and got all those changed, which was free. I just had to submit some paperwork. So keep that in mind. And I agree. And this flows into my biggest pro or benefit for an LLC is really like the business aspect of treating this like a business. And it's more professional to have your LLC. It's more professional to have your custom email address and your work phone number and all of that good stuff. And it just really helps you yourself treat it like a business and also come off as more of an experienced investor to other people. When you're emailing from annie403 at hotmail.com, you know, that gives off a different vibe than amelia at elevatedproperties.com. You know what I mean? It's huh. just, it's different. Yeah, for sure.
1: Softballbabe1991 at
0: gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for wait, sure. Wait, you want to know my first uh, email address? Yeah. GGSportsGirl.
1: And so sometimes
0: my friends call me that. So imagine if I was trying to get meetings with other investors or something and they were getting ggsportsgirl at AOL.com. That's
1: amazing. Mine was actually really normal. It was just Amelia Joe at MSN.com. Oh, boy. I know. I was. I was a little professional even at age eight. (laughs) You knew.
0: You knew that you wanted to come up as professional, mature.
1: Yeah, I was on (laughs) MSN Messenger chatting with my older siblings friends that are like seven years <laughs> old like, good
0: evening you. yeah <laughs> yeah, for sure okay okay what, uh, other this problems. one wait wait, wait. i want to say one that we missed with the llc and that's the ability to let you quote unquote sleep at night this is something i always tell people when they have a question i'm like i don't know what keeps you up at night for me, whether some, my LLC, whether it's in my personal name, my LLC, it that doesn't stress me out. That lets me sleep at night, so it's fine. If you're so stressed out over that, then yeah, get it taken care of. Do it right. Make sure that is a high priority, but it's the same thing with like any question real estate can really be because everything is personal everything's different but one thing you should consider is does it help you sleep at night and that's one thing that Bonnie Gallum she replied to the specific question in our Facebook group and I believe she said three things can you afford it so like is it going to be really expensive to set up the LLC does it let you sleep at night and I can't remember what the third one was I
1: can't either but I know one of the things that the this person had asked was for tax purposes, do I need an LLC so I can write things off? And Bonnie was made a great point. You can write off business expenses in whether or not you have an LLC. So even if you file taxes under your personal name, you can still write off all the expenses that you had for a property, whether or not you have an LLC. So that's really important.
0: That is important to know. And actually a really big influencer, I almost sent you this the other day, Amelia, probably a few days ago, made a post about this. And she leads syndications and made a post saying you have to have an LLC to write it off and gave two different examples. It was Investor Girl Brit And I went through all of the comments and there was only like two people saying, hey, this is incorrect. And I was like, oh my God, this is just completely inaccurate. I think that she was trying to say that there's other things that you can only write off if you have an LLC, but when it comes actually down to it, whether or not you have an LLC, you still get the real estate tax benefits. Yeah, that's so
1: funny because one of our friends, Natalie, who we've had on the podcast, she's mentioned that there's so much bad tax advice out there even from people who are tax professionals so it's really important to you know obviously consult your tax professional and your attorney about all of this information because there's a lot of bad info on the internet
0: so and yeah, podcasts also, yeah <laughs> yeah, and podcasts maybe our podcast <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Okay, Okay, but basically if you're if you're really gonna get into it and like really gonna be scaling, this is such an important conversation to have with your CPA and your attorney, not two girls from Iowa on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, but but
1: moving on, some more things that we recommend. No, some more pros. This is one that I don't understand all the intricacies of. I've never how, understood how this works. it. We're just two girls from Iowa. We, we don't even speak proper English. No. Okay. So with an LLC, you are under the same restrictions with loan limits. So if you buy in your personal name, you're restricted to 10 residential loans, not commercial Fanny Fannie loans. Freddie. Fannie Freddie, which I've never understood how people are getting 10 residential loans because my bank, if it's an investment
0: property... They require me to purchase under their commercial arm. Same. And I also, we've had this conversation a hundred times. I do not understand how people get investment properties residentially. That's one thing that I've never done. I My first property, I bought it in our name, but it ha- yeah, it went under the commercial side. Yeah. Um, But I agree with you. So yeah, if you're listening, if you are buying under your personal names with Fannie Freddie loans, which those are going to be the best terms you can get out there, they're, you're limited to 10. In your name. So you'll also hear people say, if you're married, buy 10 in one person's name and 10 in the other person's names, and then you get 20. If you're if you're buying an LLC, you can't even get those loans. So there's no limitation. You're gonna be getting commercial loans. So that is, I guess you could say one benefit is that there's no limitation, but at this on the same time, those are gonna be a little bit worse rates and terms because they're not you're not gonna be living there. Yeah.
1: I want residential loans. I want that 30-year 4% interest rate. I want that. I, <laughs> I actually want got, it. I got that on my very first TriPlex that I purchased because I think there was like a miscommunication with the lender and the bank, but I'm not oh, going to say anything and I'll never sell that property. Wow. Good <laughs> I'm, for you. I'm hanging on to it for 30 years. Yeah.
0: So maybe the people who get 10 residential loans are people who like are always house hacking. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure. Okay, but one last thing, well, we might have a couple more for pros, but I want to emphasize this because I I briefly touched on it at the beginning of the episode, but you can put a property under contract in your personal name, and then before you close, you'll sign an addendum that switches it into an LLC. So, that gives you, you know, the 30-day closing period to get an LLC created and switch it over. And the reason why this isn't a big deal, well, one of the reasons is because if this is a new LLC anyways, your bank is still going to require you to be a personal guarantor on the loan anyways. So they're still looking at you personally and the LLC.
0: So it doesn't doesn't matter to them that it's a new LLC. Mm -hmm. And if you're working with a real estate agent, more than likely they'll know what to put in the contracts to make sure that you can switch it. And then if you're not, just ask your attorney, hey, what what verbiage do I add to this contract that lets me switch it to my own LLC if needed? Yeah. Usually it's just should... a, something that says or assigned. It'll say- Yeah, like, I was going to say, you can say uh, and or assigns because that's how you wholesale properties. So you should be able to use that. So it says buyer, Grace Gutencuff and slash or assigns, which means whoever I assign the contract to. So then I could just assign my contract to my LLC. Okay. Should we move on to cons? Let's do it.
1: We didn't really talk about business credit for pros, but that's another pro. If you're looking to build business credit, starting an LLC obviously is a benefit there. But mm-hmm.
0: that's we don't need to dive. I don't. In I don't do that. I don't even know if I have.
1: I don't know. All the I don't intricacies know how business credit that. works. I don't either. I just know I have a good credit score. <laughs> Maybe we'll get
0: an uh, a guest who can teach us. Yeah. Okay. Cons. Biggest con is that it could cost a lot of money depending on your state and the structure that you're going after. I feel like people always tell these stories of where there's like big conferences and there's an attorney like selling LLC packages and then people are there and they're like buying LLC packages and they are like never going to actually buy real estate. So they end up spending so much money on these entities and these structures and attorney fees and then they don't even end up buying real estate. What? I've never I like I've heard, heard of older that. investors. I hear older investors like talk about that story a lot. I feel like I've heard Brandon Turner, like back wow. before, it was like online courses and stuff. And it was like you'd go to the conference and at the back at a table, it was where they'd sell all their upsells. That's wild. Makes sense and I though. Think it, I think it was like Brandon Turner, maybe somebody else, that said they met somebody who was like, Yeah, I've got my LLC. I'm ready to buy real estate. They spent like seven thousand dollars and then never bought any real estate mm-hmm. because they got sold on some crazy, unpierceable entity package, which Wow, what a scheme. I know. Very schemey. Yeah, And that's the other thing we were trying to point out with the benefits is that the liability protection is added and increased, but it's not perfect. And there's a lot of little things and big things that you have to do to maximize your protection. It's not just buy the LLC and you're done. That doesn't yeah. do anything.
1: Which goes into one of our cons, which is entities only work as well as you maintain them and are following all the all of the rules so i don't know the specifics but with llcs you have to have If it's, if there's partners, maybe even singles, you're supposed to have a certain amount of meetings every year. You need to take meeting notes. Minutes. Minutes, meeting minutes and all of that. You need to have like a treasurer and all of that lined out. As you can tell, I probably don't do that as I should (laughs) because I don't even know all the ins and outs. I know we have meetings, but we're probably missing some things. So
0: We're definitely missing some things, so you need to be in charge of looking that up, talking to your attorney about what do you need to do to make sure that you are treating your LLC correctly and that it will be able to protect you in the event that something happens and somebody tries to come after you. Yes. Here's another huge con. We've touched on this many times, but it
1: can distract you from the final goal of actually buying real estate. Your main focus should be finding deals, running numbers on deals and putting deals under contract, not Mm -hmm. focusing on do I need an LLC or do I not need an LLC?
0: And one example I want to give is Rentals to Wealth, Lauren and Kyle. I think within the last year, they finally got an LLC because they were buying all house hacks, like house hack duplexes, like every year. So, And I don't know the specifics, but let's say maybe they had 10 properties. Five, five properties, 10 doors, five duplexes. They were all bought in their personal names. And so they left them there. And then finally, five years later, seven years later, I don't know, they finally decided to put them all in an LLC. So they had a ton of wealth, a ton of real estate before they ever went and got an LLC because that's what made sense for them. It wasn't something that was keeping them up at night. It wasn't something that they were going to let keep them from growing their portfolio. Exactly. And they are doing amazingly
1: well because they were focusing mm-hmm. on finding the deals and worrying about the rest later. And this is not this is not di- a dig on people who are curious about whether or not they should start an LLC. We should have made that clear at the beginning. This yes. is just such a common question that we see come up and we want to be open and honest about our thoughts on it.
0: Yep. So Amelia, anything else you want to say about disadvantages? One thing I don't think we touched on is that If you are trying to get commercial
1: financing and you haven't already established some sort of a relationship with a lender, even though they're still looking at you as the personal guarantee on the loan, it could be a little bit harder to get financing with a brand Mm -hmm. new LLC, which is why we recommend if you are looking to go full-time in real estate investing, don't quit your job immediately after you buy your first property. You need to have an existing relationship with a commercial lender prior to quitting your job, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I love it. I want to... I was just going to say one more thing. I did buy my first property in my personal name, but about a year later, one for accounting purposes and two for liability protection purposes, I did a quick claim deed into my LLC. However, I was upfront with my lender about that and I okayed it with them prior to doing that because I didn't want them to call the loan due because technically they could implement the due on sale clause, but they were okay because I was a single person buying it and the LLC I quit claimed it into was a single member LLC. So it was me mm-hmm. both ways. So they were okay with that. So I, I switched it. So you can do that as
0: well. If it's holding, if creating an LLC is holding you up, there's lots of options. I feel like that's what most, a lot of people who buy in their personal names, I would assume hold it for maybe a year and then quit claim it into their LLC to get the asset protection and accounting and business advantages. But they buy it with their personal names to get those really great loan terms. Basically, how I would sum this up is I made an example of this a long time ago on my Instagram page. And I gave two examples. If you have two people asking this question, should I get an LLC before I invest? One person is just has this random house right next door to them. It's just the stars aligned. For some random reason, they're gonna buy this house. They don't really have any interest in being an investor. They're always going to have this job. It just makes sense to buy this one house this one time. And you have another person who's like, I am going to flip 14 houses this year. I'm going to be a real estate investor forever. I'm going to quit my job in one year. I am going to be marketing and branding and hiring employees. That is two completely different situations. So the first person, it really might not make, make sense to get an LLC because they're only really going to buy one property. Maybe in another five, 10 years, they might buy another. The other person it actually does make sense for them to get an LLC before they start buying because they have all these plans to scale and grow. So do it first, get it all situated and settled so that you can do everything under that name. Like you said, Amelia, all your accounting can be a lot easier. Your marketing, your branding, your asset protection. So That's really the illustration I want to give. And if you're somewhere in the middle, go back to, does it keep you up at night? Is it cost effective? Is it going to solve other issues? And it's really a personal decision at the end of the day. What is your if you had to give an answer to this question, Amelia, what would you say? Whether you should create an LLC or not? Yes.
1: That's so tough. It's so personal. That would be my I my answer would be if you plan to to do this full time, then yes. And or is
0: this holding you up, then no. I don't know. Like those that's, No, that's a great answer. That's a great way to sum it up.
1: Yeah. There's so many more things we could talk about with LLCs like how many properties should you own in one? Mm-hmm. Do you need to do you need to create different ones for your flipping business and your buy and hold business and your wholesale? Which the answer is yes,
0: create different ones for each different business. Yeah. Type. S corp, C corp, LLC, partnership, all that stuff. Which but, we're probably not the best people to speak about that. So we'll get a guest.
1: We absolutely aren't the best we absolutely people are to speak
0: But we just
1: wanted to outline: if you're a new investor and this question is keeping you up at night, then focus more on other aspects of it, and this part will come. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All I right. Think that so we hope that helps. If you ever have questions. Feel free to email us at hello at womeninvestinrealestate.com. We'd love to read your questions or use them as a podcast episode. If you haven't already, we would be so thankful if you left a review or subscribe to our podcast. This helps people see this podcast who've never heard about it and start listening. So if you're listening, I'm asking you to please help us out. Anything else, Amelia? Nope. I think that's it. And we will catch you in next
1: week's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love today's episode, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to check us out and join our community at womeninvestinrealestate.com and follow us on Instagram at with 2 community.